is obviously you have a team and obviously their skill sets vary right so if you have a leader um, it depends on who it is like you know you get someone who leads from the back get someone who leads from the front doesn't really matter the main thing is that everyone's on the same page Welcome to the Thunder Basketball Universe. I'm Nick Gallo with Paris Lawson. We are in the thick of Thunder training camp and we will discuss what we've seen and heard from the first couple of days. That's right. We've got the blue-white scrimmage this weekend, which is the public's first time to see this team in action. Plus, we'll have our regular segments of the main thing, what made you look, and we will, of course, bless your timeline. That's a lot. It's going to be a good show. Let's get to it. I was a ball boy for Duke basketball when I was at Burgers, Beyonce, and my basketball. I'm super into trivia. That's like me in a nutshell. <laughs> well, Paris, we've had the first few days of training camp practices uh, after media day, which was like the first day of school. And still everybody's a little giddy. It seems like that's that upbeat, light atmosphere in the gym. Did you see... Darius basically trying to do a cartwheel after practice. Our photographer, Zach Beaker, caught this incredible <laughs> picture. Explain it. It, it. From the picture, it looked like either a very subpar handstand or an average cartwheel, but he was definitely upside down on hands on the ground doing something. <laughs> the guys, needless to say, are having fun while still getting a lot of work in. I mean, we've seen them go two-plus hours every single practice here so far. Billy Donovan said that they're really getting up and down and doing a lot of scrimmaging work so far. Uh, so, yes, there are some times for some lighthearted moments as well. Uh, but, you know, really trying to kind of build that identity right now um, and trying to accomplish a few different things right now during camp. And that also being go, being able to go up and down and scrimmage a lot helps with building that team chemistry. A lot of new guys on the team, obviously. And so the more that they're able to get up and down, the more that they'll be able to learn each other's tendencies and learn the best ways and most optimal ways to go about things. And also player combinations like seeing mm -hmm. Steven Adams and Chris Paul together in a pick and roll. I'm particularly fascinated to see Danilo Gallinari kind of on the weak side with Adams rolling as well. And there's some other guys that are going to get a chance to play together for the first yeah, time Yeah, absolutely. We talk a lot about those three point guards, that the three primary ball handlers. What's the most effective way to use them and get them engaged? And how does that play into the, the front court with Steven Adams? And, you know, how do we fit in guys like Gallinari and Muscala? There's been so much talk, too, of the guards and the big men as well with Adams and Nerlens Noel coming back. But the real mystery for this group is what's going to happen along the wing. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, you've got... 13 guys basically that can possibly play <laughs> in a rotation that you could see that you know saw some minutes last year between Terrence Ferguson, Hamadou Diallo, Abdul Nader, the return of Andre Robertson, uh, and then obviously the point guards too might be shifted down a spot. So shooting guard and small forward positions are going to be really interesting this year. AKA, this is a scouting nightmare. When you have to worry about that many people on the floor and you don't know what to expect, that's that gives you a little bit of an edge and an advantage going into a season, for sure. Let's talk about scouting because you just mentioned that. And I really want to talk about it on the other end of the floor, though. Yeah. And it's something that guys have talked about early in camp is developing a defensive identity, but one that still takes into account the opposing team's strategy, their personnel, players, that kind of thing. This team's got to figure out how to get their guys in the right coverages mm -hmm. and how to all get on the same page with eight new faces on the team compared to last season. It's definitely going to be a learning curve. I mean, just bringing that many new players into a team, 
there's a lot to learn. And like I said, being able to play as much as possible, which is something that Coach Donovan mentioned, was their ability to be be able to get up and down the floor as much as possible was tremendous these first couple two days. So being able to do that, it's going to really help them establish that defensive identity and Um, learn each other. as With versatile big men like Steven Adams and Nerlens Noel who can get up to the level of the screen and switch, and just with the prevalence of three-point shooters who are point guards coming off the dribble – this team's got to be able to switch some of those situations. And even if that means having Chris Paul, nine-time def- uh, all-defensive team player, yeah. over on a mismatch with a, a center or a power forward, they're going to have to figure out how to send help from the backside. And there's a lot of potential there uh, with the amount of talent defensively that's already on this team. You mentioned Chris Paul, and then you mentioned Steven Adams. I mean, those are two varying defensive personalities. But when you're talking about shooters who don't need a lot of daylight to get the shot off, it helps when you have that versatility on the defensive end to be able to cover those multiple positions and multiple talent. And Paris, I think you're forgetting about the most important player on the wing defensively. And I hate to say this, but I think you forgot about Dre. How can, you can't forget about Dre. How can we forget about Dre? Absolutely not. It's so good to have him back out on the floor. Yeah, and he's going to be one of the factors for this team in the situation we're talking about. If Chris Paul or Dennis Schroeder gets a mismatch there, they're going to have to have rotational help on the backside to make sure that those plays aren't just turning into five-foot post-ups for somebody to easy, easily knock down. They're going to have to have defenders flying in through the middle of the floor and then being able to retreat back to the perimeter when that ball gets sprayed and, back out. And I think what you're mentioning, too, is a lot of the little details that go into coverages on defense. I mean, Don, Coach Donovan talked about it today. We have to be able to do multiple coverages on defense. And so with the addition of Dre back into the lineup, somebody who's very well known for doing the little things, it makes a huge difference down the stretch. How difficult that is that, though? We have so many new people on a team, and now all of a sudden it's not just getting your shell defense or coordinating transition defense, but all of these little details. I mean, I guess it's why games don't finish 5-4, to four, but <laughs> you know, it is the most difficult part of this game is offenses are constantly evolving. It seems like defenses are continuing to just have to catch up. And the whole game is changing, to be honest with you. I mean, just look at what happened over the summer and then everything that – everything that's happening just throughout the course of the time of the NBA, the game is changing a lot. And so, yes, when you have all these new players, you have to learn new plays, you have to learn new sets and schemes, but you also have to learn the tendencies of your teammates. And that that plays a huge difference of, you know, being able to form that chemistry before you jump into plays. And, And that's why it's so great to be able to scrimmage as much as possible, just be able to play. Yeah, and that's a great point. We may be getting into the nitty gritty more than the team actually is at this point. So let's pull back a little bit and just look at the landscape of the team as yeah, a whole absolutely. and as I mentioned like 13 guys that I picked out that maybe have legitimate chances to be in the rotation maybe even more if you include uh, Justin Patton and at some point down the line those two-way guys uh, Lou Dort and Devin Hall but I guess the the big thing for me is just figuring out the season of discovery like how's Abdul Nader gonna look how's right. Hamadou Diallo gonna look is Terrence Ferguson going to take a step forward? I think these are all questions that hopefully we'll start to get some answers to in the coming days. Certainly, and there's a wide variety of talent. I mean, you have this the young talent and you have the veteran talent, and where everybody fits in, there's 
it, it's not like there's a more talented or a le- le- or lesser talented. It's just a matter of everybody can add something different to this mix, this already really unique mix. And so putting it all together, letting it shake out in scrimmages and seeing the most optimal and most effective combination. It's going to be really interesting to see how that unfolds. I really like what you're saying there because basically there's very little hierarchy when yes. it comes to this team. Yes, we know that Chris Paul future Hall of Famer, Steven Adams has sort of cemented his place as one of the better centers in the league. Mm-hmm. Danilo Gallinari, great shooter. But beyond that, there's really a pretty flat playing field and really open opportunity to carve out minutes for yourself. Uh, and that's an exciting thing to kind of all be on embarking on that process together. There's definitely a wide open lane for guys to really try to find a new avenue that they can fit in and where they might be able to take charge in areas that maybe nobody else is taking charge in or doing the little details like we talked about earlier that are maybe getting overlooked. So it really is interesting that there is an opportunity there for guys to make a difference. Some players also be maybe more situational or depending on matchups, depending on who they can guard, who maybe can't guard them. Uh, so that'll be all interesting to see. And our first chance to really take a look at that is the blue-white scrimmage. This will be your first blue-white Coming scrimmage. Coming up Sunday. And, and so we're going to find out more about what the format of the scrimmage actually looks like. But we know for sure that at least like the first three quarters, they're going to really play. Um, we don't know what the teams are going to look like yet. It's just, it's so fun to kind of think and speculate like, okay, who's going to be on playing on the same team together? What's this going to look like? Who are we going to get to see matched up against one another? So really, uh, hopefully we'll get a lot of fun answers this weekend. And as the players are playing against each other, I think it'll be really fun to see that chemistry, that on-court chemistry. This is the first time they're going to play for somebody other than coaches. So it'll be really fun to see them kind of put on more of a performance maybe than less of a more and then less of a practice performance. No doubt. And that's the great thing about what they've done so far is they've just tried to scrimmage and be competitive every day in practice. So that will hopefully naturally kind of come out. Maybe the first team's been beaten up on the second team. Right. Or the second team's gotten better of the first team these last few days of practice. I know just over the years, guys really start to get a little antsy and chomp at the bit. And you hear some stories about things getting a little bit feisty those last couple days of training camp because they're so sick of playing against each other and ready to play against somebody else. And I'm just personally excited to watch first blue and white game. I think it'll be really fun. We've got preseason games coming next week. What's maybe standing out to you about something that you just uh, being a part of this NBA experience coming from the college level? What are you excited to see? Um, I think the biggest thing is seeing how quickly these players gel together. I mean, obviously in college, there is some shift that happens, but other than a couple transfers here and there, your team is pretty much established. And so with how much happened over the offseason, this is a new look for the Thunder. I'm really curious to see how quickly they can find that chemistry and gel together as players. That was like probably your job at Belmont as the point guard, right? To make sure everybody got on the same page. You could say that. Nobody was getting bullied too much. Uh, I don't know about that. (laughs) But it was definitely part of my job description to play play (laughs) well we've been talking about ourselves this whole time but it's also the fans first opportunity to see these guys play yeah really uh shame on us the tip off for blue white scrimmage is at noon on sunday you can catch the game being streamed live on okc thunder social channels also the website and the thunder mobile app so be sure to watch that and get your first glimpse of this new look team it'll be a fun time for sure Hey guys, do you like basketball? Affirmative. Yes. Do you like math? 
negatory. Less, yes. Well, if you sign up for the Thunder Stat Lab program and you are a middle school teacher, you can make math more exciting for your students by incorporating real live NBA statistics. It incorporates basketball information into math lessons being applied at that level. All you have to do is go to okcthunder.com statlab and learn more, sign your class up, and you have a chance to win some great prizes. Prizes. Thanks, Producer Hindi. That's what I'm here for, guys. <laughs> you know, it's funny because a lot of people try to tell your truth or try to tell your story and say what you want and all this different type stuff, but uh, I'm excited about the opportunity. Uh, I'm excited about our team and excited about building. Well, here at the Thunder, we try to keep the main thing the main thing, and this week it's all about competitiveness. And Chris Paul said wisely that people are going to try to write this team's story for them this year, but he and this squad's not going to really allow that. Uh, they don't want the outside narrative to suggest that maybe there's low expectations because that's really not existing here for this group, that there's a level of competitiveness that is coming out in practice and that there's an intention on the court. Uh, and as we heard from Steven Adams in our opening clip of the show, that they have a duty to this, this fan base to really go out there and try to win every single game. And we heard from Coach Donovan during training camp yesterday that, you know, the guys were looking up at the scoreboard during competitive drills. I mean, these every player is inherently exceedingly competitive. You know, that's why they're at this level. They want to win. Every player wants to win. And so... Getting count out a little bit, I can only imagine, adds a little bit more motivation and competitive fire. Deontay Burton said that, actually, and he would know, given his backstory of having to play overseas in South Korea before coming over here, but his quote on Media Day was, when people start counting you out, that's when things get really interesting. Absolutely, and that, now is their opportunity. This is, a, this is a chance to, and getting on the floor and scrimmaging all the time, you get to get that competitive juice and competitive fire and go up against guys. There's a lot of reasons to have maybe that positive chip on your shoulder coming into this training camp, um, but I'm just curious also how that manifests itself in terms of actually playing the game. You know, How does that make you cut harder and run faster and, and all of that uh you know you, you can you often hear about it maybe being too much motivation if right. you're listening or worried about outside stuff it doesn't seem like they're actually worried about the outside noise they just have a, a self-belief that they determine their own future not what anybody else and everybody says. on the team has something to offer in that regard i mean everybody can score in their own way or defend in their own way and so they all are competitive and have that drive to want to use their role to make the team better and so i think right now for this team absolutely everybody wants to promote this team and make it the best that they can be and be motivated to do that in any way that they can individually. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with a little bit of like self-motivation too. As you're mentioning, everybody's competing for minutes out there. Right. And particularly on the wing with no Paul George this season, there's going to be a lot of open minutes at the small forward position, potentially the shoot, shooting guard position, um, and power forwards. I mean, all of these positions are somewhat open in terms of being able to take on either starting or second unit roles. Uh, and so it'll be exciting to see how these guys really get after it, get after each other in the blue and white scrimmage. And then once we get into preseason games against Dallas and Tulsa and moving forward. And it'll be an interesting balance, like you said, to really balance that internal motivation ver versus that external, what other people are saying about us motivation and what we have to prove to everybody else versus 
I have to prove something to my team. It'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out. That intrinsic competitiveness is just such a core part of any athlete. And it's why NBA players have gotten to this point. It's that competitive fire. I'm sure if they were just playing Monopoly, they're going to really want to win. You know what I mean? It's part of why Paris Lawson got to be a D1 basketball player. So what was like a embarrassing competitive moment for you? Or maybe sometime where you like yeah. took your competitiveness too far? Yeah, my dad likes to remind me about this time all the time. I was 10 years old playing rec league ball. We weren't even keeping score, but somehow I was keeping score in my head. And I apparently scored like 25 of the team's 28 points and was in Ball the hog. <laughs> shameless shameless plug right there but um it, i was in the back seat of the car crying on the way home and my dad asked me he was like why are you so what's the problem you, you literally had 25 points and i was like nobody else cared that we lost <laughs> but we weren't even keeping score How so i don't you? even know i'm pretty sure i was like nine or eight something like that maybe 10 you somewhere just, in that you range you can't turn off that switch no you know? not at all it just you either got it or you don't. Uh, mine was sort of embarrassing. Uh, I played uh, my senior year in high school. I played on my basketball team. And our team was pretty good. I had tried out for the team all four years of high school. Finally made it my senior year. Nice. But I was like, you know, bench warmer, 10th, 11th man on the team, backup, backup, point guard. But every day in practice, I had to go up against one of our guys, our point guard, who was eventually going to play D1. And, you know, just running the same drills over and over and over again. So he comes up on a pin down. I jump the route because I know what play they're running. And so we both, like, grab the ball at the same time. It was kind of like out of a cartoon, like wrestling (laughs) on the floor for the ball and then pushing and shoving each other and yelling at each other. And we both got kicked out of practice. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm wondering what the result of that was with the coach. Um, It was kind of business as usual the next day, actually. I think he realized we both just... Needed to blow off some steam and that that it had fire. been time. Yeah, it just it had been brewing for a while and it was just time to uh, to let it go. Sometimes it's good to have that competitive fire, though. Best to let it go. Look at all those chickens. Paris, what made you look this week? Okay, so two players on our Thunder roster have gone vegan. Chris, yeah. Chris Paul. And Andre Robertson have both gone vegan. And also, I don't know if you guys know this, uh, CP helped me change my diet to uh, plant-based as well. So it'll be interesting to go down that journey with him. Um, but um, it's good. You know, I learned a lot, especially what I'm putting in my body, what my body needs, um, just learning myself in general. So um, it's been real cool. Would, would you ever go vegan? Let me, let me ask you. I think my body would just shut down immediately <laughs> if I tried to go, like, two to three days without eating some sort of meat product. Um, what about you? Do you uh, think you could do it? I mean, if maybe if I wasn't like contractually obligated to tell everybody in the world that I've gone <laughs> vegan. <laughs> I think that is in the rules, actually. Once you like join the vegan club, you have to then post it everywhere on social media. It's somewhere in the fine lines. You have to do a documentary like Chris Paul did. Exactly. You know, like, but me, you know, I love cheeseburgers way too much <laughs> to give up. Maybe if there was like a diet where you could just give up everything else but cheeseburgers, I'd be totally fine. Paris is enjoying the Midwest. I think like a couple of your very first meals here were Whataburger. So yes. you are like getting into Oklahoma life for sure. Whataburger. There is, there is a meatless patty option now that's becoming pretty big. Would you, would you guys give that a shot? A meatless patty. I would try it. I just... 
I would want to not know that that's what I was eating. I would want to think that it was meat and then someone tell me later. That's the route I would want to go. As long as I don't know, maybe I won't even notice. Yeah, uh, I mean... Who knows? I've never had one before. Or maybe I have. You never know. never know. That just blew my mind. (laughs) You're telling me there's a chance. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Paris, bless our timeline. Two words. Andre Robertson. He's the best. Isn't he? He's just the best. He's like a sweetheart of a guy. And, you know, all this time that he's been out, nearly 21 months, we haven't really gotten to talk to him that much. It's just not part of what he has to do as as part of his rehab process. Uh, And so I think Thunder fans are just going to remember when they see him talk to the media, when they watch him be goofy with his teammates, they're just going to remember how much they love him and how much he's just like such a great, you know, steward of Thunder basketball over the past seven years and somebody that they can really um, just cherish as, as a person and a player who has made their mark on the Thunder in some way, shape, or form. And you talk about the fans, but, I mean, you can tell from those first two days of training camp that the team and the coaches loved seeing him back out on the floor. I mean, it really raised the energy. Obviously, there's energy with it being first day of training camp. Woo, we're back. But having Andre Robertson back on the floor, somebody who they've been rooting for this whole time, it definitely raised the energy and excitement. Well, yeah, I mean, all of his teammates, for the most part, even ones that aren't here anymore, have been watching this grueling recovery and you know watch him have a setback and have to deal with that emotionally uh you know you've gone through something similar in your career tell you know just tell us about your experience with that and maybe how you and Andre might be able to relate on that front yeah so similarly to Andre I had had a few setbacks in college I encountered uh, three ACL tears and had to battle back from each one of them and each time it was always the best thing to have a group of people rallying behind you pushing you forward so I can only I only had the Belmont community and my family rallying behind me but Andre's got all of Oklahoma City behind him so I can only imagine how much that's lifting him up and helping him get back on the floor and feel confident I just can't wait for that big hug that the Chesapeake Energy Arena crowd gives him when he first checks into the yeah, game. Yeah, that, that's going to be a heart warmer. My timeline will be blessed. That's all for today. Thanks so much for joining us this week. We'll be back with you next week after the blue and white scrimmage to preview the Thunder's preseason action. Be sure to click like and subscribe to the Thunder Basketball Universe and the entire Thunder Podcast Network. Until next time, Thunder up and catch you later. See ya.